Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the podcast, The Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. I am your host, Forrest, and with me is my wife, KG. Sup? <laughs> um, if you are listening to this, that means you are a paid subscriber on my Substack. in which case, thank you very much for being a paid subscriber. It is because of you that I am making this content in the first place, and is it is because um, you are uh, contributing to what I'm doing that you get to listen to this. So, uh, it was actually KG who came up with this idea, but we just started watching a K-drama, which, if you've uh, listened to us in uh, the other regular episodes, we've uh, mentioned uh, K-dramas every every now and then, so it probably shouldn't surprise you that we're watching another one. Um, and this one is about a K-drama called Extraordinary Attorney Wu. We are going to be reviewing each episode as we watch them. And there are 16 episodes in total, which means, paid subscribers, that you will be getting 16 weeks um, of bonus content total out of this. Woot woot! So tell your friends if they want bonus content and want to hear us talk about this show. Right. So, again, uh, we are watching through this show right now, uh, watching at least one episode a week, because KG doesn't binge. I do. I watched an entire K-drama just recently called The Glory. It probably took me, like, five days, if that... All Which 16 episodes. All 16 <laughs> over one hour long episodes. Uh-huh. So, um, with that being the case, KG, why don't you give the listeners a, a summary of what this show's about, the characters real quick, and then um, give us the plot for the first episode. So, this show is about um, an attorney named Wu Youngwoo, and she is on the autism spectrum. In fact, she, and according to the show, she is the very first lawyer who's on the autism spectrum. And what of, uh, and what of uh, the other characters in the show? Like, why don't we introduce them real quick? Okay, yeah. So that when you give us a summary of the plot for the first episode, people will be able to follow along. Yeah, well, um, as I stated, the main character is Wu Young-woo. She's on, again, she's on the autism spectrum. And we have learned a couple of her uh, hyperfixations already. Law and whales. Very a weird combination, but yeah, yeah. That's uh, that. Those are her uh, hyperfixations. She has all sort like she knows all sorts of like random whale facts. Uh, some of which are even just weird. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, if when you hyperfixate, then, then nothing is weird. Yeah, and she will. What's kind of interesting in this show, though, is that she will take those uh, whale facts and she will tie them into you know the investigations throughout the show sometimes somehow, yeah you know, at least like, in this at least the first episode she did so that in that case uh her hyperfixation is you know useful for her job and also the fact that she's hyperfixates on law so that's also extremely important to her job where she has like very thoroughly memorized everything you know, d- yeah different <laughs> law books that her father happened to have let's talk a little bit about her father um, um what let me, let me pull up uh his name yeah, is what's his name What's his name? <laughs> his name is Wu Guanho. Yeah, so he is a single father raising Wu. Um, as far as where the mother comes from, we don't know. Um, at least so far in our viewing, uh, we know nothing. Yep, and we just know that she's a single father. He seems to have been a lawyer in his past, hence why he had those law books. Mm-hmm. But right now, he runs a small diner that, that serves Korean food, obviously. And he, yeah, and he's basically just trying to do what he can to get by and... Uh, support you know his daughter um and he 
is obviously he cares a lot about making sure that she gets the kinds of accommodations that she needs as one on the autism spectrum. He takes that aspect of her very seriously. And he also tries to help her like be more open, be more talk, be able to talk to people better, tries to help her, you know, um, assimilate into society better, which is kind of hard because if you don't know, Korea is not really good when it comes to mental health. I'm a little surprised. I'm honestly just a little bit surprised that this show was made at all. I know, know? but again, TV in Korea is is what's used to help progress things. Mm -hmm. It helps get these ideas out to people. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, autistic people exist. Right, right. So you want to kind of, before we uh, get too deep into Wu herself, you know, you want to go over uh, some of the other characters real quick. There's uh, not much to say about the others, just that they're kind of there. Well, the main (laughs) male lead, because if Wu is the main female lead, the main male lead is named Lee Jun-ho. He's um, kind of like an investigator who works at the law firm. He helps investigate stuff for their cases. And I mean, you can kind of like summarize uh, the rest of them. They're, again, they're all co-workers. They're yeah, all, no, but like... we got to get the names out because they mentioned them in here. Okay. There's also Jung Myung-suk. He's a senior attorney at the law firm where Wu works at, and he's also her mentor. Right. He takes her under his wing, helps her, and helps her like be able to work around her autism as she works her cases. Mm-hmm. There's also Choi Soo-yeon. Who was a who used to go to law school with Wu and is kind of jealous of her because Wu was able to excel so much in in school. Yeah, there's definitely more to say about that, but go on. <laughs> yeah, and then the other the other like main character the other like main character is Kwan Min Wu, who's another who is another lawyer at the firm and and work, tends to work a lot with the other lawyers mentioned. Okay, okay, and that's really the only ones that are important right now okay then why don't you uh give us the plot and we'll kind of like go through the episode and our, our thoughts okay in 2000 Wu young Wu is seeming is a seemingly nonverbal child on the autumn spectrum when her father wung guan ho is attacked by a je- by a neighbor's jealous husband she finally speaks citing definitions of assault memorized from her father's legal library 22 years later Wu Young Wu has graduated from Seoul National University at the top of her class and begins her first day at the Hambada Law Firm. Senior attorney Jung Myun Suk does not want the awkward newcomer on his team, but CEO Han So Young agrees that he can dismiss Yu- Young Wu if she mishandles her first case, defending her childhood neighbor charged with attempting to murder her husband. Though a plea bargain for attempted murder has been set, Young Wu realizes this would invalidate the defendant's pension and leave her homeless. The short-tempered husband dies after cross-examination from Young Wu. The, don't worry, there was no like correlation between that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Who extracts testimony from a medical expert that he could have ha- that he could have suffered from an underlying subdural hematoma. The charge is reduced to assault, and the defendant receives probation with her pension and home intact. Young Wu is aided in her new job by her colleague, Lin Juho, navigating everyday obstacles like their office building's revolving door. <laughs> <laughs> is that literally just stuck at the very end? Yes. That, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I love how that's stuck at the very end because really it's kind of like, it's a weird subplot, kind of a weird way to bring those two characters together. And I remember you mentioning uh, after we watched the episode that that to you was one of the parts of Wu's character that you felt was a bit exaggerated. Just a little bit, because... But maybe it's just because she's on... She's, I think she would be tent classified under a different level of the spectrum than we're on. Oh, for sure. She, Absolutely. I th- um, I'd classify her as 
high mid functioning because mm-hmm. she's obviously good and she's obviously mentally aware enough to take care of herself. She can, you know, go to work. She can. Mm-hmm. She knows how to take care of herself. But she's obviously got. She's obviously not able to fully assimilate into society. And again, I don't know if that's because she doesn't. She wasn't able to get the proper therapy that stuff that's available here in America, or mm-hmm. since she really just had her father to help her through it. Right. If the if. Reading out loud the summary uh, wasn't enough of an indication. We are going into full spoilers for each of these episodes. We do recommend the show, at least so far in what we've watched, because we've watched the first two episodes at this point, because we forgot to record uh, the (laughs) first episode last week. But the point is, um, it will be full spoilers every episode, because I feel like that would be the only way to really uh, delve into how this show tackles autism yeah. and uh, Wu as a character. So if you want to if you want to watch this show and follow along, and I will probably have to staple this at the very beginning of the episode instead of doing it now, <laughs> but um, if you guys want to follow along this show and then come back and listen to our reviews, do so. I would highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So yeah, definitely. So anyway, going back to the whole revolving door thing, to, you know, to provide context. Um, she's basically afraid of it almost, you know, she she's, she's like, she doesn't understand what it is yeah. how, or how it works. It's like, but it's the only way that she can get into this building is this revolving door. Well, until later so. when it's revealed that the, cause at the beginning the door was broken, they were working on it by the oh, end, the door was fixed. And the, it was fixed, but she would still go through, she the, would still go through the revolving door and how, um, it was the guy, the Junho. Junho. Uh, the way that Junho is able to help Wu like get through the revol- revolving door without being scared is basically turn it into a dance. Almost. Yeah, give it a rhythm to it. Yeah, give give it a rhythm. I think um, she was just afraid of. In her mind, it was just too unpredictable the way the revolving door went. Yeah, but, yeah. But Jun uh, Junho basically was able to go like one, two, three, one, two, three as the door mm-hmm. was passing by. Mm-hmm. And what was it, like just? I mean. Uh, there, there's stuff about him in the second episode I really want to get into, but I'm going to have to hold off until, until we record until we record that episode. Uh, I absolutely adore this character, and Jun I can Ho? Yeah, yeah, Junho, and I can at least um, I can at least mention this because it's, it's not too specific to the second episode, but they could have made him this this. This character who is almost just as socially awkward and quirky and weird, you know, like, um, like Wu is without even being on the autism spectrum. And uh, because that's kind of the stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. That you pair with a character like Wu. They don't do that here. He's kind of, not only is he kind of an average guy, but he fits in so well with everyone else that they ask, that they ask him, why do you even spend time with Wu? Yeah. Because he is that normal and they recognize that. And well, I, so I love that. Not only that, it's that he he's not just average he's <clears throat> he gets attention from all the female workers at the yeah law firm. yeah he has know, a whole desk the... drawer full of gifts from them yeah and he just kind of like tosses in there without a second thought so yeah. it shows that he's not that none yeah. of the other none of the yeah, the, la- of, the ladies at work like him but he yeah. doesn't really like the ladies yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we'll get a little more into that in the second episode but um again i love the fact that he was written this way yeah. he's very very um you can tell that you, you can tell that he doesn't fully understand what's wrong with her, but he's willing to work with her. Yes. I would say even to a point where it kind of like he it kind of backfires on him a couple of times. Um again. <laughs> but, but that's second episode. Yeah, that's we'll second episode. That. There's a lot of stuff in the second episode, <laughs> so I better put focus. that aside. Focus. Yeah, focus. <laughs> okay. Um, let me ask you a question. Okay. Uh again, considering how we've mentioned that South Korea isn't good with mental health. It's mm-hmm. obvious that Wu was not able Young Wu was not 
able to get the proper therapy that we have in here in America when it comes to autism. Mm-hmm. Um, but how would you compare a show like a, like Extraordinary Attorney Woo made in Korea mm-hmm. versus a show that's about an autistic character in America where we've known about it, um, where we have um, procedures that help people with it, and mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a mainstream, everyday known fact. Yeah. How would you compare the two, and would you say one is better than the other? So I touched on this in uh, one of the regular episodes about, uh, you know, how pop culture, how our pop culture represents uh, characters on the autism spectrum. And, you know, I've always said that it's more important to me that... I get to see characters that are good heroes. I don't need them to be autistic in order to in order to be a hero to me. Um, so there's um, there's the main character. I think his name was Sam in um, Atypical. Okay. And I've never uh, seen that show. So yeah. So the actor is the actor himself is not autistic. I'm assuming that Wu's actress is not autistic. Probably not. But um, the show, like Atypical, is almost all about the fact that the main character is autistic and so this some, is a good like comparison yeah i would say so it's i just always felt like it was a bit exaggerated i gave up after the second season i think there was there were four and okay. then it ended do, i, I gave you- up after the second season because um there were a few things they got right but a lot of it just felt exaggerated like imagine you know take the whole revolving door scenario and just make that the whole show um like he was like what's an, what's a good example that you can think of that you can remember um a lot of the times it's how they deal it's how it, it's actually a has to do a lot with the performance okay it's very it's a very over the top it's very exaggerated. There's no subtlety. Mm-hmm. There's no nuance. There's a lot of little things about, or or there are thing there are certain things that like the main character would understand really well without having to you know have it explained to him too much. And then there are other things where it's like equally they should be on the same level, but he doesn't get it at all. You can't think of any like good examples for the viewers. It, it's been too long, like okay. since I watched it. I just I remember not being very impressed. Um. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, again, there's, there wasn't a whole lot of subtlety in the performance. It was all up in your face, was he, you know, over like, the top. Like, was he always loud or something like that? Yeah, like, always at a certain volume, always, um, like, always obsessed with, like, the one thing when usually there's at least two or three. Yeah, at least, at two, least or three. two or three. Yeah, like, with Blue so like, she has two. It's like, a, a person who's on the autism spectrum, if they have a hyperfixation on penguins, they're, like he did, there's going to be another thing. Yeah, you know, there's but they always, never really delved into that. No, not really, no. Um, it's just like, yeah, we'll give him one single hyperfixation, we'll give him one expression, we'll give him one quirk or whatever. Mm, so they didn't really, um, they, like you said, like there long, was no nuance. There yeah. was no, like, exploring more. They just did the bare minimum. It felt more like a checklist. I can mm-hmm. say, you know, like, this is kind of something that we saw throughout the first two episodes, like a little subtlety in Wu's performance yeah. and something that you... Um, you yourself like ha- have done where sometimes Wu will be just well. She'll have like the subtle smile, mm. like she'll just have the su- the subtle smile on her face where it's as if that's just her natural state. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like no matter the context, no matter the situation, she um 
she can't smile. Or I mean, she can smile. Like she, that's she all can't she can't stop does. smiling. She can't stop smiling. Thank yeah. you. Or the little subtleties in where like, if someone reaches to touch her, she pulls away. Yeah. Like, and, it, and the show doesn't really draw attention to that very much. It just like, yeah. it just happens. Mm-hmm. Every now and then it just happens. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it felt, she just feels like a much more fleshed out person on the spectrum. Yeah, she also does, did the, did the person the typical not look people in the eye? Actually, I think that, I don't think that was a problem for him. Huh. Um, because it's definitely a problem that they address here with Wu, because she can't look at, she can't oh, look yeah, at people she, in the eye. Oh, yeah, she can barely look people in the eye. She repeats what people say. Mm-hmm. Um, she takes rules very seriously. She has to have things explained, like, no, when, like when her father tells her, no, you can't talk about whales at work. Which right. is like, but what if it's what extremely if? important for the... What if, if it's necessary if it's for the nece- job? If it's ne- what if a situation comes up where it's absolutely necessary for me to talk about whale facts? And he's just like, um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. But okay, and, then she's like, and she's like, okay, got it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, she, like, gets overjoyed when, like, exceptions to the rules are made. Mm-hmm. Like when Jun-ho? Jun-ho. Jun-ho, thank you. Jun-ho. Jun-ho. Okay, that's easy to say now. Yeah. Jun-ho... Uh, says, what if it's just the two of us talking? Like, I don't see why uh, you can't talk about whales. Her face, too. I know, just like, like, big eyes. Big eyes. Shocked expression, like, oh my gosh, someone understands. Well, it also shatters her perspective yeah. on how to approach that kind of topic in that setting. Yeah. So now like someone never, is giving an exception to the like rule. She never, she's never experienced someone saying, yes, I will listen to you talk about whales. I don't really think she was excited as much as she was just overwhelmed. Probably. Overwhelmed by the fact that, okay, this is not the same as what I was told before. This yeah. is not the same rule that was established before. Yeah, she never thought about if it's just two people talking about whales. Mm-hmm. But again, it also ties into the fact that autistic people love to be listened to about their hyperfixations. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was offering that to her made her maybe not excited, but just like, but just, I guess, overwhelmed in the sense she'd never had that before. Mm-hmm. She'd never had someone come up to her and say, yeah, I'll listen to you about whales. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, oh, they also tackled her sensitivity. Uh, sensitivity to what? Her, her hearing she yep. has sensitive hear sensitive hearing well so do you yeah uh, i know i don't i don't have it as much that's yeah. how i'm able to work in the place that i work yeah but she wears uh noise canceling headphones or yep. i don't think they're noise canceling they're i don't know what they're technically they're called but we had them at the daycare center i used to work at where there's these headphones you can put on it doesn't block out all noise but it can block it out enough where it's not overwhelming mm-hmm. it's for people who get overstimulated through sound right right um so this first episode, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting how the m- main case ties back to like the flashbacks at the very beginning. Yeah, wasn't that uh, her dad's um, um, neighbors? It was her neighbors. I thought it was for some reason. I thought it was his uh, landlord. Yeah, his landlord. Who okay, were also that's, neighbors. that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah the landlord and his, his landlord. wife. Yeah, the landlord and his wife. Yeah. Notice how at the very beginning when. When, uh, you know, Wu's father and his landlord get in that fight, she just, like, she covers her ears, and then she just starts shouting facts out loud. This is something that I thought was a little bit different. I have yet to see an example in real life where someone on the autism spectrum, during a moment of high stress, like, covers their ears and, like, shouts facts that they know out loud. Again, it might be because she's more... Coping mechanism. It might be because she's more mid... mid mid-functioning. 
And also, apparent, and also, for hyperfixation is law, and she sees, and she was specifically talking about assault. So maybe it was just her way of ex- being able to express, "Don't do that." Mm-hmm. Notice because she was nonverbal, and be, if you're not, if you're nonverbal, you have a heart. You can't express yourself. So this was her first time ever expressing herself. And at the uh, and when uh, her dad gets gets her back home, she immediately just gets on the trampoline <laughs> and starts jumping, like it, almost as if she has to constantly move. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Her her walk, or even the way she gets up out of a chair, it's like it's very awkward. pronounced and, very and awkward. awkward. She also like. It's very. She also like constantly moves around a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like not just by sitting. She just kind of moves her head, moves her hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Definitely with the hands too. But yeah, she there's like, the ADHD part of yeah, autism. Yeah. <laughs> she gets right to jumping on the trampoline and then just starts like shouting the facts out loud again. Yeah. You know when her dad asks her like, uh, where she you know learned all of that. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny because it, it makes a lot of sense to me as uh, someone on the autism spectrum who has to like. Uh, expel this um, stress. You mm-hmm. know, they do it through movement. You know, yeah. you yourself have been known to do that. Yeah. You know, you have to do it. You get uh, you have an elliptical for that reason. Mm-hmm. Before you had the elliptical, you would just pace yeah. in the basement, right? Yep. Yeah, back and forth, that. back and forth. Yeah. I think your dad finally just, like, relented and made sure you got an elliptical or something. I no, think I that th- was the story. I think I just... I was able to transition to the to an elliptical okay it was because it's, it's the same type of movement i just imagine like your dad like showing you an elliptical and is like this is what you use from now on well they <laughs> had the elliptical before but i just never had i just never had the mind to try to try the elliptical gotcha yeah um as far as like this episode is concerned like uh would there be anything else that you want to well i mean cover? um let's see um, I had something. Hold on a second. Well, like, as you're thinking about that, I did want to mention that the show is, uh, genre-wise, it is absolutely, like, kind of a Law & Order type, you know, yeah, procedural. Yeah, a lighter version uh, of Law & Order. Yeah, a much lighter version yeah. of it. Um, even the, even the twists uh, in oh, it yeah, are pretty I, good. I remember. Yeah. Uh, Wu also talks at a certain level that's not that's above what's socially acceptable at least when she was a kid i felt like she got better when she was an adult yeah but i mean it's it's still monotonous and yeah she speaks like this all the time yeah very high you yeah. know very like high and monotone mm-hmm. you know there's very and very fast yeah there's very low emotion it should i should also mention that like um you know near the end of the episode the landlord you know, dies. Yeah, um, but as mentioned. Yeah, as mentioned, and his wife is crying, mm-hmm. and Wu, like, feels nothing. Yeah. You know, like, I don't... It, it's it's interesting. It was a pretty um, extreme version of an autistic person not being able to empathize Empath- yeah. with somebody, including, well, I think including she was a- death. I think know? she was able to empathize a little bit because she was... She didn't. She didn't like flinch away when the landlady hugged her, and she even was trying and fa- but she failed yeah. trying to give her a hug. But I think yeah. just it was she just couldn't do it. That was one little thing I liked in the episode is that like that's the type of development you would do in a typical script where by the end of the episode she is able to hug just mm-hmm. fine. By the end of the episode she still isn't able to do it. No. You know, like it happens a second time. She's still not able to do it. Thank you. Thanks for not doing this. <laughs> 
you know, thanks for um, replacing cheap development with realism. Mm -hmm. You know, I appreciate that because that is not how um, autistic people go through character development. (laughs) They don't go through character development (laughs) by... They don't suddenly know, oh, I'm okay with this now. (laughs) Yeah, they don't go through character development by eliminating, you know, one of the things that makes them autistic in the first place. And again, I appreciate that. That just cheapens the autism. Uh, It does, and it, you know, it... Uh, inaccurately portrays it as something that can be cured just mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I, again, I really liked that, keeping in character. Oh, there was also her routine. She's very routine-based. Yeah, and did you you remember the fact that she has that sheet of all these different facial expressions and that tells you... And they're all her father. Yeah, and they're all her dad, you know. Diff- her, with different expressions. Her dad literally made that for her, which yeah. was really nice. Which like, is also kind of sad, because we can, you can find that anywhere around here if... When it comes to... Oh, really? And her dad just had to make it. Her dad had to make it for her. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. We had... There was... We had an expression sheet at this daycare center I used to work at. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was as ex- extensive as... This one was pretty extensive. It covered, like, yeah. I don't know, at least 20, 25 different expressions. There's this kind of overt example of symbolism at the very beginning of the episode in oh, yeah, the doctor's where, office. Yeah, where there's a bunch of there's rubber like a ducks. bunch of rubber ducks, and then there's the one duck that's blue. It's like, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> I see what this is. I reckon I know this. <laughs> but yeah, in her morning, she goes through her routine where she gets up, makes make sure everything is in its proper place. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice she wear, she has a lot of soft things yeah. in her room, which makes sense because I also like soft things. <laughs> it's a sensory thing yeah. for autistic people. I like buying clothes that are very soft to the touch because it just feels good to rub, to rub and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, she has a bunch of whale figurines that she has to make sure are in the proper positions. Yeah. And she also eats the exact same thing for breakfast. Yeah, I noticed that too. Meanwhile, I eat no breakfast <laughs> right now. I am inter- I'm doing intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. uh, which felt terrible this morning. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, which and, actually... And she also wears very loose clothes, like her blouse and her skirts are usually not... They're not like the thin pinstripe or thin pencil skirts you usually see lawyers wear. It's mm-hmm. very flowy and loose. I think it's another sensory thing. Yeah, but that's... If that's, she doesn't like being hugged, she probably doesn't like constricting clothes. Yeah, that's great for show and tell. And the funny yeah. thing is, I don't like constricting clothes. Yeah. Now, in my... Yeah, it's like, I don't like constricting clothes. I don't like feeling trapped by my own shirt. <laughs> you know, I just... Yeah. I hate that feeling. Yeah. The problem is that the problem is that if I wear a looser shirt, I look bigger than I actually am. <laughs> so but, uh, I, I, it's kind back, of a struggle. Going back all the way back. Okay. So would you say that something like Atypical or Extraordinary Attorney Wu portrays autism better? And is it sad that America can't do it right? <laughs> well, I think it's sad <laughs> that, you know, the best portrayals of people on the autism spectrum in... Uh, western shows are ones where they don't even say that they're on the autism spectrum well, you know like it's what? like you look at sheldon from big bang theory oh yeah or um you know or the chosen it's like of course in the show they're never going to say that he's on the autism spectrum the writers have to say it mm-hmm. um the autism didn't exist back then yeah like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't called that at all i think you were just considered weird mm-hmm. um and socially awkward and uh, they did such a great job with that. They yeah. did such a great job with uh, portraying a character on the autism spectrum without saying... It's like it's almost like that meme. Say you're on the autism spectrum without, without saying you're on the autism, autism spectrum. spectrum. I think, in my opinion, that's the best way to portray an autistic character. Because it doesn't... Because just... 
If a character is autistic, usually the autism is their personality mm-hmm. in, in Western media. That in is. Western media, yeah. yeah. Not in real life. Right, yeah. right. So by, by, not, by not saying they're autistic, but showing that they're probably autistic, you're able to, they're able to build upon and give the character way more personality than just autism. Absolutely. Why do you think American media can't can't do that right but as in like say that a character is autistic and but also give them more personality i think it's i think it's because it's easy to misunderstand autism for the personality Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different traits um that make up autism but you and i you know i mean we're both on the autism spectrum and we don't like we don't refer to each other, you know, that we're autistic every day. No. We don't, sometimes I don't even think about the fact that you're on the autism spectrum most days. No. There are, uh, you know, there, there can be like a day every now and then where I'm like, well, that hurt my heart like really badly, but I know that came from a place of autism. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll just have to suck it up. Um, not really. But, I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> yes, but not that exaggerated. Right, right. Yes. So, um, mm-hmm. so... How is Attorney Wu different? Again, it's just much more nuanced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a lot more subtle in the in the performance. I mean, it's not subtle that she's autistic. Right. In, in a few cases, like you said, it could even be a little bit exaggerated. But I've seen worse. You yeah. know, like I know I've seen worse. And the it's it's clear that the writers really did their research mm-hmm. and they didn't just do have a checklist yeah and i i wouldn't be surprised if like this actress met with actual autistic people just to kind of figure out her performance a lot of uh you know people who um perform as a character on the autism spectrum normally just take whatever research is given to them they don't mm-hmm. really you know i've never really heard of people they meet with personally right uh, or or they will be base. They will be taught by people who study autism, but aren't autistic. But themselves. aren't autistic themselves. I that is actually one of the. I think one of the biggest issues with r- research about the autism spectrum, particularly in the West, is that you get a lot of information about autism from people who are not autistic themselves. Mm-hmm. They may have done. They may, they've done their studies, they've done their research, and they probably did a good job at it um, because it's one of their, um, like, life goals is to learn. And that's great. But without connecting with someone who is actually on the autism spectrum and can actually speak from personal experience, you can't really hope to turn in the most authentic performance. Yeah, I'm sure when you go... Or have the most authentic understanding. I'm sure when you were watching Atypical, you weren't going like, oh, that's me. No, actually, never once. But in, but during it, when we were watching Extraordinary Attorney, we were like, oh, that's me. Yeah. Yes. Oh. I don't think there is a single time in Atypical where I, you know, where I, the main character reminded me of myself. Yeah, well, like... When, it, it felt like a stereotype. Oh, yeah, there was another thing. When she kept psyching herself up before even talking to people, like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, that's me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Or she's kind of like, n- not really, but sort of jumping up and down. Well, she, and, but she also like counts down on her fingers before even yeah. talk, before like talking to someone. Where she like, she's like, okay, five, four, three, two, one, go. And the uh, what's so cool about that is that she could have either taught that herself or her father did. Yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, you, and, and 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 also it should uh it should be stated too. Wu doesn't care that she's on the autism spectrum. No, it's like her, this is not a struggle where she's she's not. 
struggling. Yeah, woe is yeah. She doesn't she doesn't feel sorry for herself. She's not struggling over her identity or anything like that. It's just um, it's a part of who she is. She fully accepts that, and she's completely oblivious of everyone who kind of uh, looks at her the wrong way mm-hmm. over it. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's extremely refreshing to me as mm-hmm. someone who um, is very much aware of this part of her or him, and and just rolls with it. Yeah, you know, that's that's great. me. Yeah, that's great. There's a line I, I I won't say it since it's in episode two, but there's mm-hmm. a line that really like. Um, drives that point home that she doesn't again she doesn't stay up at night Mm -hmm. you know thinking about this no yeah that is refreshing yeah i I think it's very refreshing she mentions it she mentions that she has autism but it's more like uh Uh, explaining to people who may may misunderstand Mm -hmm. yeah like when she was in the when she told the jury when she was giving her opening statement just so you when she was like just so you understand i'm on the autism spectrum so if i speak or act weird you understand right I like how she just gives that disclaimer at the beginning. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, that was really great. I like that you mentioned how a lot of her traits and how she handles things might have been taught to her by her father. Yeah. It's very, yeah. it's very, a very, it's a subtle thing. But now that you mentioned, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we're not entirely sure how much of it uh, she learned on her own and how much of it her father learned. But it's cool that her father became very motivated to figure it out yeah he wants what's best for his daughter like any good parent it's a good uh it's a good positive male role model you know Mm -hmm. or a um uh representation of a good single great single father right yeah Yeah, a good good man Mm -hmm. um like I, I guess we didn't really go into the actual, like, plot of the episode in terms of, like, the case and everything, but we're kind of here to talk more about the yeah, yeah. the nuances well, surrounding well, Wu. Was there anything in the case that really, like, tied back to the autism? Not necessarily. Well, I mean, there was that time where the uh, the husband, before he died, was yelling at young Wu and she got overstimulated and i did like mm-hmm. the how they visualized overstimulation where yeah screen screen edges kind of go white everything kind of mm-hmm. goes monochrome and mm-hmm. yeah that happens at least several times yeah every time that guy was yelling you mm-hmm. know it happens yeah well, i mean she got overstimulated she has sensitive hearing mm-hmm. i feel like that's a really good visualization for how that is where you just feel where it's just overwhelming right I mean, have you seen white edges in your vision? And no, not like know, that. Like, but it's visual. It's a yeah. visual, right? Visual. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying like, oh, it's not perfect. It's not the perfect way I feel overstimulated. But I think it's a good way for the for the producers to visualize what overstimulation feels like for people who aren't autistic. Fantastic. Well, um, yeah. Again, we didn't really. I, I, I probably we probably won't get into the actual like case in each episode unless they really tie yeah, into yeah. you know Wu's autism. Because I have a feeling, having seen the first two episodes um, and having time to think of each one, I have a feeling that each episode is going to have something new to say about Wu yeah. and you know and what it says about the autism spectrum. So that's what we're ultimately here for. Yeah, the cases are just a, are basically the B plot of our of our uh, podcast. Yeah, they kind of are. They are. They really are the frosting on the cake of this show. Yeah, in, in my opinion. Um. So that being said, uh, overall, I I would honestly give this episode like nine point five out of ten. I, I really don't even see a reason to not give it a ten out of ten. Like, oh really? It was just, yeah, it was a just, good first episode. Yeah, a uh, great first episode. Didn't really have anything uh, to complain about. Uh, K dramas. They do make a pretty risky move 
making each of their episodes as long as they do. I don't know if it's risky. I don't know. I just think it's just how it is in Korea. I don't know mm-hmm. how their TV blocks work. Well, you know, you and I have looked at the lengths of certain, like, K-drama episodes and gone, Oh! <laughs> oh, <laughs> no! Well, just for, just for clarification, each episode of Attorney Wu is over an hour long. Yeah. Yeah. They're, these aren't short. Even the glory was, like, 45 to 50 minutes each. Oh, really? Yeah. That's because it's- it was easier to, it was probably one of the reasons why it was easier for me to get through real quickly and easy for me to digest each episode. Maybe it's because it's on, it was, it's a show that was probably on later. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the TV blocks is like an hour in the daytime, but then when, <laughs> but then when she gets to, then when she get to, to nighttime, they get shorter because not many yeah. people are awake. It was definitely a nighttime show because this was a much more adult show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Extraordinary Attorney Wu, at least as far as we've seen, is a pretty family-friendly show. Mm-hmm. Uh, very just lighthearted and quirky and funny and um, it wants resonates. To, and wants to tell a good message. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, with that being said, we better go, we better go eat before my time is up. <laughs> um, as in his diet, not the fact that he's going to die. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. Uh <laughs> The, being the fact that I'm doing intermittent fasting right now, I only eat between 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and it's almost 5. Uh, thank you, paid subscribers, for listening, and we'll see you in the next Extraordinary Attorney Woo review. Bye-bye. Bye.